Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's a beautiful, sunny uh, day, and I'm here with my good workout buddy, Julian Bertharat, back at Jubilee Hall Gym. Yes, Alain, here we are in this lovely day. It is, it is a beautiful day, that is absolutely true. And uh, are you ready to uh, record uh, a new episode of the podcast, Julian? And actually, how are you feeling? Last episode, you were sick as a pig. How are you today? No, I'm good. Uh, get back into the training, sweating, making my uh, metabolism stronger, really and uh, hopefully back on track. Well, that's a great thing, isn't it? Back on track, uh, because I cannot uh, underline enough, ladies and gentlemen, how uh, close Julian appeared to be to dropping dead while he was recording the podcast last month. An amusing thing in itself with his mixture of jet lag and overtraining. Uh, But he is now fighting fit, and um, the sun's shining, Julian. The world is apparently in a slightly better position. Should we get this podcast started? Yeah, after being a bit sick, I think it was quite good. It's a it showed me that training is the right answer to get better and to move on with your life. Well, that is certainly true, and it's always a good thing to move on with uh, your life. But this month, we're not going to be talking about training per se. This month, we're going to be looking at a food topic. We haven't done a food topic for a while because of all of the drama-rama around uh, fitness and coronavirus and all the rest of it. But this month, we're going to be back with a fit food topic. And guess who's got dropping in this month to say hello, Julian? No, who? It's the Italian fitness guy. Him again. Yes, him again. We're going to be joined by our very good friend, the Italian fitness guy. And uh, we're going to be uh, tackling a food item of the month and talking all about it, which is always our favorite. Uh, kind of episode, ladies and gentlemen. So, enough already. Let's get started on Two Guys on Fitness. Well, hello, 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 hello once again, everybody. Welcome to Two Guys on Fitness, the podcast for guys and gals who like to work out and keep fit with my good friend, Julian Berthera, personal trainer and general all-round fitness guy. And he actually told me earlier on, as we were having a coffee and getting ready for the podcast, uh, that he is indeed a sportsman. So from now on, I'm going to call him Julian Bertharat, personal trainer and sportsman. And with me, Alan Teresa. I'm not a sportsman, though uh, I'm pretty sporty uh, as a general rule. Are you ready to talk about food this month? Oh, yes, quite. Because uh, food, obviously, is for a Frenchman, is uh, quite important but not as a, as a fuel element of your training, let's say, but just like for the pleasure of cooking, tasting the food, touching the food itself. People should, uh, you know, I miss, um, when I go in the day in France, south of France, there's always a lovely local market. And, uh, and you see everybody touching the fruits, the vegetable, smelling them, you know, to see if they are ready to be eaten or cooked. And uh, I think it's good to, to see that uh, again, because that's uh, remind you, I like this kind of um, um, partnership we have uh, with nature all around us and, uh, and the food and all that. And um, it's always a good vibe. Indeed, indeedy, indeed. And later on in the podcast, we'll be also looking at a fitness tip of the month 
from my good friend, the personal trainer and sportsman, Julian Bertharat, as well as taking listener questions, which uh, we love, love uh, to do. We're coming to you from Jubilee Hall Gym in Common Garden, lovely London. Uh, so, without much ado, let's get this show on the road. Are you feeling hungry to do the podcast? Oh, yes, Helen. I'm 100% ready. <laughs> he's, he's very ready, isn't he? I, I, sometimes uh, I ask Julian if he's ready to do this and the other simply because I like pulling his French tail. Okay, let's get started. Now, we haven't heard from the Italian fitness guy for quite a while, so we thought we would uh, entice him in with a cappuccino and perhaps a kind of pastry of some kind. And what we do with the Italian fitness guy is we get him to talk about a food topic of the month and then we generally have a bit of a chat about it. Guess what he's going to be talking about, Julian? Yes, we're going to talk about potatoes. This um, well-famous... Uh, potatoes. When we were when we were having the coffee beforehand, and um, we were going, what we were going to do? Julian looked like a certain part of him had died when we talked about the topic for this month: potatoes, the humble potato, Julian. But actually, although we are, going, I can't believe I'm saying it actually. Because although we are actually going to be talking about potatoes, he said, suddenly regaining his uh, composure, uh, it's actually more about sugar and carbs that we're going to be talking about later. Potatoes are like our vehicle, are kind of like, you know, vegetable vehicle to talk about those two topics. So before we do start to have a chat about carbs and sugars, let's hear what the Italian fitness guy has to say about the humble potato. Potatoes, cooked with the skin, are a good source of the minerals and vitamins, such as potassium and vitamin C, are almost fat-free and are primarily composed of carbs and contain moderate amounts of protein and fiber. Typical nutrients per 100 grams of boiled potatoes, cooked with the skin, are 90 calories, 2 grams of protein and 20 grams of carbohydrate. Unfortunately, compared to other common food crops, such as wheat, rice and corn, potatoes have the lowest amount of protein in their foods. In fact, compared to other common food crops, such as wheat, rice and corn, potatoes have the lowest amount of protein for these foods. Potatoes, as we said, are mainly composed of carbs, primarily in the form of starch, while simple sugars, such as sucrose, glucose and fructose, are also present in small quantities. The level of fiber in potatoes is highest in the skin, which makes up to 1-2% of the potato. Potatoes also contain varying amounts of resistant starch, a type of fiber that feeds the friendly bacteria in your guts and improves uh, the digestive health. A resistant starch can also improve blood sugar control, moderating your rise in blood sugar after meals. So that's the Italian fitness guy talking his uh, food and scientific magic all about potatoes. Oh, the humble, lovely potato. Do you know the thing, Julian, is, uh, funnily enough, I used to eat a lot of potatoes generally. I was one of those uh, people who did like, you know, 
chips or as our American uh, friends like to say, French fries, that kind of thing. Lots of very kind of like carb-heavy ingredients in a meal. And lately I have stopped buying potatoes as a general rule whenever I go grocery shopping. Imagine me grocery shopping, Julian, picture that. Uh, Because I think they actually make me fat. Is that true? Well, yes. I mean, it's uh, there's a few things to be uh, mentioned here. It's not necessarily a straightforward answer, like always with the food, because we are all different and we got uh, different. Uh, uh, when we when we born, we we come up with our own uh, fabrication. Fabrication, you know, we are all a bit different. Depend. Uh, we, uh, depend of your parents does uh, your parents have any um, I don't know gluten maybe your parents or yourself have a gluten intolerance and stuff like that you know there is all this kind of it's never a straightforward answer but we can um, uh, say um, uh, basic stuff I think like uh, for myself I don't eat for example too many potatoes uh, per week how many you say you don't eat too many I'm just curious how many do you eat a week well some, I mean most of the time zero it's um, I'm coming from center of France which is uh, for example uh, the, the summer can be quite hot because we are surrounded by uh, a sleepy volcano so we kind of uh, warm in a like uh, in a casserole you know the, the area uh, but the winter can be rough it's more use potatoes. It's something you will have uh, for the winter. Now saying that, like around March or November or this kind of period of the year, uh, we're gonna might use potatoes for mashed potatoes, for example, which is quite uh, used in France. Mashed potatoes, and uh, and I have to say I prefer mashed potatoes. You know the use of the potatoes that way. Uh, I know in fitness. I saw people a lot eating like sweet potatoes, stuff like that. I, it's not per se it's, um, the, the taste. Again, remember for me, the food is about the taste and all that. The taste of the potatoes are, it's fine, but you know, it's not like over the top, you know, like uh, it's, uh, it's um, that's why I don't eat mainly uh, a lot of potatoes because for me, remember, it's not about the fuel, it's about the taste. Do we enjoy it? And frankly, yeah, I like potatoes. I mean, uh, randomly. Do you exclude certain foods specifically? Do you have like a strike list? You won't eat certain foods, or is it purely about their taste and how you feel? Yeah, I mean, I um, I'm a big eater, and I have to tell myself. But for example, there is thing you should not, you know, buy. A good advice would be like, you know, when you go to any sort of uh, supermarket and every time you find something fluffy, you know, like a brioche, stuff like that, bread, I would say obviously avoid avoid white bread, but um, it's kind of, you know, well uh, known in fitness and in nutrition, general advice, no white bread. Uh, the brioche, for example, it's, uh, yeah, when it's fluffy, you have to understand, like, why it's fluffy, because it puts, yes, it puts it did, you know, when the way they cook to make it, like, all fluffy and big, and, and that's not good for you, because you have to understand this is going to go into your stomach, and often people say, oh, I'm feeling bloated. Well, here we go. That's come from this kind of stuff. So, yeah, there's things I 
do not eat and uh, they the bread in general you know I try to I eat it because I, I, I like a, a crusty bread when it's well cooked and it's really nice in France too, obviously you know uh, but I try to same you know like once a week or, and uh, maybe Maybe if, uh, yeah. And uh, the brioche, I just stop, literally, just like, you know. What about you, Alan? Uh, well, the problem is I, I currently eat quite a, a, a lot of uh, bread, a lot of white bread, actually, truth be told, uh, which the whole bloated thing I do absolutely relate to. What about, like, wholemeal bread or sourdough, which is <laughs> quite popular now? Uh, well, I would say the same. I try to cut all this. Uh, now, um, for example, is there the time of the day you can eat this kind of stuff? It's again for the breakfast. It seems like for the breakfast, um, it's the time to eat, you know, good breakfast. But it's also the time to make mistake in a way because you got all day to burn that, and uh, it's okay to have a, a dry toast. You can put even butter if you want and eat. I know it sounds like a, a sacrilege thing to say, but you know, you, you start your day. Eat what you like, you know, and uh, because when it comes to nutrition, if I if I might say here, we again the idea is to not to fall into patronism things, you know, like don't eat this, don't do that, you know, it's uh, you can have even cornflakes if you want in the morning. It's not the best, obviously, it's full of sugar, but again, allow you if you have to make mistakes, make them early during the day, you know. But isn't this also about uh, exercise and an active lifestyle? If you eat a lot of uh, fuel and take on board a certain uh, amount of sugar in the morning isn't such a problem if you're going to burn it all off by exercise or having an active lifestyle isn't that the case well that's the mistake uh ned i think uh it was the wrong message in america like i don't know if you remember a few years ago when michelle obama uh, uh get a campaign started about Uh, it basically move, keep moving, eat whatever you like in a way, and move. And I don't think it's correct. And I, uh, the specialist, I uh, did not back up this because it's not the idea is wrong to say to people like eat whatever you want and move and we'll be fine. It's not true because again, we come our fabrication as a human being come from different. Uh, things we are all different we are not responding maybe for me I play rugby since my six years old maybe for me eating whatever I want is is not uh, important it is important but yeah since I'm, I'm a kid early in my uh, my life I play sports so my metabolism it get used to do that you know to burn and for people who have a sedentary life you know you can't just say uh, like move a little bit and then you can eat whatever you want and it's not about that it's not like I'm doing bad things and then I'm good about good things it's not that it's you have to see that as a whole process enjoy your food cook tasty touch it smell it uh, And, and do whatever you want in your life as well. Like, you know, you can exercise. If you don't like exercise, I mean, you know, there's other options, but uh, I don't think it's a good equation. It's a wrong equation to say, like, move and eat whatever you want. True. Now, on that uh, topic, uh, there's a constant kind of, like, discussion about how close to a workout people should eat and how long after a workout people should eat. Uh, 
how close to a workout do you eat and what happens afterwards and what do you eat after you've had a good workout? Well, it's been many, many studies show that you got like within an hour to two hours is the best to eat after walking out and uh, your body will assimilate all the nutrients you have uh, eaten and uh, yeah it is one or two other that's why if i can say here that when you train somebody whose target is to basically lose weight it's always a good idea to train around 10 or 11 because also when you train normally after it kind of cuts your appetite, so you're gonna eat a bit less. And I think, like, yeah, it's a uh, it's a good thing to do training at 10 around 10, 11 a.m. And then for a meal, you might have around one, you know, like one, two hours after. It will help to regulate. And that's I'm talking a bit today. That's also another point. Training helps to regulate your appetite. You know, obesity comes from lack of purpose work, training, all of that. So training regulate your metabolism. I eat like a pig after I train. I eat like a horse, like a very hungry horse. I have such an appetite, I'm so hungry after I've had a really hard workout, particularly if I do a lot of weights. So maybe here, let's be a little bit like, a, a, let's say, um, picky or harsh on you. It's one an answer if people eat a lot after training it might become i won't i'm not gonna say like because it's not hard enough but it's not intense enough so basically you didn't push maybe the metabolism enough to get tired i give an example simple when i do a 10k race um you know at the end of the race they give you uh, obviously uh, water a bar you know to you know to to refuel I can say but you know what they could give you a burger I bet they will give a burger the choice between a burger all this protein bar and things like that nobody will pick up the burger your body is under shock I mean if I can say and you are craving your body is craving of to re-energize you know and to be honest a bit of water maybe a couple of protein bar whatever and it was enough that's all my body could take so if you feel like you're eating uh, you have a big appetite after the training maybe readjust the balance between you know this cardio intensity and weight maybe if i may say very good and what about beforehand here again i would say uh, just trying to bring some common sense in all the options people have. If you decide to eat something before, it may uh, try to eat a little a snack, you know, if you really. Uh, I personally go for coffee sometime and a small piece of uh, chocolate, okay? White type of chocolate. I like, uh, you know, milk chocolate, thing like that. But if you really want to be precise, let's go for a 70% dark chocolate. It's fine. Something to chew because remember, when you chew, the brain assimilates that as eating. So you, you, there's a, you understand that you're eating something. You're doing that. If you drink only, your brain do not see that like eating. 
I say that because I saw this very interesting article like months ago about this difference between chewing and swallowing. It does not give the same feeling to your brain and then to you, basically. And so, yeah, an hour or two before, small snack. Okay, if you're going for a bigger snack type porridge, well, give it three, four hours before, you know. It's just because, remember, when you eat, you, you ask your body to digest. So your body is at work. And now when you're going to train, you're going to add a second task to your body. Uh, so uh, digest, but now training. It's not a good idea. One taste at a time. Very good. Uh, I'm obviously doing uh, lots of things completely wrong there, uh, apart from perhaps eating the chocolate. Okay, so we managed to uh, talk about uh, our fit food topic of the month, potatoes, without actually talking about potatoes, which is uh, a very interesting thing. But um, if you do have any questions about anything diet-related, do drop us a line, or you can check out our previous Fit Food episodes by having a look at the website. And as always, it's a very big thank you to the Italian fitness guy, because we love it when he drops by with his very technical uh, pieces of advice on the Fit Food topics we talk about. And thank you, Julian, for sharing with us uh, your tips on how to avoid brioche. Today's show is brought to you by Jubilee Old Gym Covent Garden. Need an effective workout using state-of-the-art equipment in the earth of London Western? Then visit Jubilee Old Gym on the corner of Covent Garden, where you can also check out the gym sauna, as well as a whole host of great fitness classes. Join online for £53 a month, and there is no need for a minimum term contract when joining. Or you can use the gym on a day pass basis. Find out more at jubileogym.co.uk or telephone 020 78 36 4007 to walk out at Jubilee Old Gym Covent Garden. So every month on the podcast, uh, when we're not talking about uh, potatoes or equally uh, fascinating topics, we delve into the mind of Julian Berthraut so that we can understand Julian's fitness tip of the month. So Julian Berthraut, personal trainer and sportsman, what is your fitness tip of the month this month? Alan, have you ever tried to do an exercise you always do, but in a different way, in adding some variation? You see, if I'm honest, uh, I would uh, have to say no, I don't, because I fall into the trap all the time of sort of grinding my way through the gears when I go to the gym, which is a really terrible thing to do. But I know I should introduce variety when I exercise. So my heart says yes, but my brain says no. It's uh, here the tips of the month. It's um, uh, we did recently publish a, a blog about uh, aging and how to not get bored when uh, when you get older, basically. And uh, I think these tips of the month is uh, there is two way to not get bored. You need to challenge your body, your brain, the whole thing. Okay. There is two way mainly, I think, to you know to challenge your body. It's on the beca- challenging by the amount of weight on the bar, for example, because you know if you see the big weight on the bar itself by itself, it's gonna challenge yourself to lift uh, the bar. You know, obviously, if it's hard, you will be concerned and uh, and focus. 
But there is also another way, which is not always by the weight. It's basically by the technique itself of the ex exercise. And that's where I call the variation exercise. So for example, let's take a, a very uh, well-known exercise, which is the lunges, you know, free weight lunges. Just you, one uh, four lunges, huh? with um, four alternated movement, okay, of your legs. And basically, um, you can do this exercise in, a, in that way. But now, if you add dumbbell, you know, you hold dumbbell over your shoulders, uh, laying on your shoulders, not above your shoulders. And when you reach, when you go forward, you can stop, try to not touch the floor with the other knee, and you do a shoulder press at the same time. Okay, then the shoulders go down, you step back and you change legs, you do on the other way, and again. So here we go in one exercise. So you might now control completely the lunges, but by the fact we add another exercise, the shoulder press, dumbbell. Meanwhile, you are with your legs, one in the front, one in the back. Your core are engaged to make sure the link between your legs and upper body is secure. And you'll see, you will bring a, a different, um, uh, difficulty to the exercise and that's one of the best ways sometimes to not get bored just to add some variation so I think like if I were you we can go on all this social media platform and if you get bored of the same exercise all over again well you can add some variation um, yeah have you ever tried Ellen? Well, funny you should say that because uh, over the last couple of days, I've actually been looking at planning my workouts so that rather than getting to the gym and just sort of sleep more, walking my way through what I do with the weights and the machines, I actually have a bit of structure and variety. So although I was a bit flip earlier, the truth is, yes, I am starting to plan and add variety to the workouts I do. It's, um, it's, um, it's quite interesting. It's true because, you know, we are all in the same boat. When you get, um, I reached um, 40 uh, recently, and the first time I ever put uh, one foot in a, in a gym was like when I was maybe 20, 20 ish, 21. So now I'm talking about two decades. Obviously, I was a simple gym goer before, and then I became a trainer, and I, I guess it changed your perception of everything because you kind of it as a, as a job you have to understand you you have to understand how it works the, the body work and also the psychology of people I think from experience um, a lot of people for example um, do not um, see the training as a mental challenging things to do I think some most of the time it's too static there is too much break in between sets and as a sportman you know sport is always a very good example to follow because you don't have time to rest that much when you play a rugby game a tennis game a football game you have to keep going and i think what i bring when i train in the fitness is also this kind of mentality with uh, keep doing what you're doing in with an intense, an intensive way, without breaking the form, and again and repeat, you know, because I would say like you can put a lot of uh, weight on the bar. If you need five minutes to do it again in the correct form, well, personally, I don't find this very interesting. Yeah, I agree. And 
it is important to uh, keep the mental on top of the physical, which is, uh, funny enough, what we try to do every month on the podcast. So there you go. That was another one of uh, Julian's fitness tip of the month, or as we like to put it, Julian's fitness tip of the month. So every month on the podcast, as regular listeners will be aware, we take a couple of questions that come in through the various uh, avenues into Two Guys on Fitness, the website, the social media, and sometimes even through Julian Bertharat's own website, and we answer those questions. So Julian, I think you're up first this month. What is your first question of the month? Well, I always this part. Uh, I always like this part of the podcast because uh, it's the, the the main interest of my job, which is this exchange permanent with the client and a listener. So we have a question from Ross Seven. <laughs> Ross Seven, I love it. Ross Seven. Ross Seven, you sound like a secret agent. In uh, deserted London Highgate who has got in touch through our website to ask the following question. Hi, I'm Ross. I'm a 20 guide and lift weights at my local fitness first. Or, at least I did before the description. I want size and definition. If you lift weight regularly for over a year and stop for a few months, how long before you lose muscle and get it back? What an interesting question. And let's be honest about it. If you're in the business of building your physique, it really is, despite everything we talk about when we talk about nutrition and a philosophy of rounded exercise it really is all about the aesthetics and not so much about the potatoes so what's the answer to ross seven special agents well question? i want to say that my answer is coming from my own experience so it, it means like i'm not a doctor and uh, you know it's um is It's important to say it. So um, I think like it depends what we've done during the description. If it's nothing at all, uh, well, yeah, over, let's say, two or three months, it's kind of a significative way to lose muscle. It also depends on um, the way you were eaten during the description, more or less. I uh, do notice you say you were 20, so I don't think you know you will lose a lot because your body regenerates quickly uh, and I have to say for myself when I uh, when I did retrain with weight I mean uh, the first time well I mean I, I can say now I got sick literally my body was under shock you know doesn't matter are you easy slow you take it back It's a shock. We talk about half a year not lifting weight. And uh, I say Trimont because basically, let's take, we all have, when I was a student, you know, we have a, a month, let's say, roughly where, you know, that's the end of the, of the, of the year, the educational year, and then you get back into it. But two months, I would say from two months, we never, except you are a kid, you never, nobody, adults, have two months free. Uh, during the year so that's why I think like after two months you should uh, uh, yeah so uh, you ask uh, how long before well how long I would say two months really and how long it takes to get it back well another two months you know I always believe like if you take uh, two three months uh, off the gym well it take maybe two three months to get back into it I think it's uh, It's a, I might be wrong here, but I think it's a, it's a normal thing to think, you know? Yeah, exactly. Get back on the horse, Ross. 
get back on that horse and ride it back into town. Okay, so I hope that's uh, helpful for you. Uh, can you imagine my little horse analogy? It was very helpful. Uh, and next up, we have a question from Sophie in Ipswich, who contacted us through our Facebook, our Facebook page, to ask the following question. What illnesses would stop you exercising and which ones can you exercise with? I felt sorry for Julian in the last episode and wanted to give him a big hug. <laughs> but when should we push on if exercising? I love cardio and I run a lot. Oh no, I've got a horrible feeling I know where this is going to go uh, when uh, I turn this over to Julian. And when should we say, you know what, this is not a good idea. And by the way, don't ask me my age, as I am a open bracket fit, exclamation mark, close bracket, lady. Okay, Sophie, we're not going to ask you what your age is out of respect of that. Okay, Julian, which illnesses do you think you can work through? And which illnesses, when you get them, do you think are a signal that you should stop training until the illness has gone? This is a very topical question, actually. Go on. Well, of course, uh, first of all, thank you, Sophie, for... Uh, the nice thought but don't worry it's uh, it's behind now yeah don't hug him uh, Sophie he's like a, a dog that's been in the rain half the time and uh, you wouldn't want to do that lord knows what would happen uh, so what illness I would say it's there is no illness that will stop you training it's just like um, you know um, I like saying I like saying to people about the cardio the running the running for example I say look Run if you can't uh, walk if you can't run, and run if you can do so. I mean, it's just like it's it's a kind of philosophy. You can't. Run. I, if I go and walk on a treadmill because I come back from a, I don't know a legs injury or whatever, but do something. The body do not remain uh, static. It's a scientific scientific uh, proof. If you remove static and without moving, your body is going to create for your um, pathology. The body is not made to not move. So it's not an option here. It's whatever is your illness, go for it. Do something. Be active. Um, I did train. Uh, I start training uh, a client in a care home. He could not do that much. And for example, in his case, it was to get up from a seat was already um, uh, something, uh, an effort. Well, the best thing you can do is to keep standing up, sit and standing up, and again, all over again. Because when you start, when you stop making this effort, well, we know what's next regarding your age, obviously. I'm not going to have necessarily uh, that. Uh, when you're in your 20s, it's not like uh, death is around or whatever. But, you know, when you when you get older, we all understand what is at the end of the world, you know. So that's why there is no option except keep being active, challenge your body, challenge your brain, meet people, have a life, have interests. And, yeah, it is about that. It's about keeping moving. So there is no illness ever that I would say without being like too dramatic the only thing that would stop you exercising is your own death really so wow uh, so there you go uh, Sophie uh, unless you are going to uh, drop dead uh, slightly controversial uh, joke I suppose at the present time but who cares uh, carry on training yeah I just want to I, I, I can't 
um, um, say it enough. We talk about like malnutrition, stuff like that. The cause of a lot of issues I found sometimes is the inactivity. It's, just, it's you know, we all say obesity, feel like that. We don't get obese like on a natural thing. It's inactivity, you know, we get up, feel like that, have a life, look for a job, and all these kind of things, it's called being active. You know, active is not that, uh, you're not active because you go on a treadmill and walk, it's a, it's a whole thing. It's a lifestyle, you know, and, uh, and uh, inactivity is what you are fighting. And it's, um, it, I would say training is an hygienic thing to do in a mental and obviously body point of view, but I would say even more mental point of view. Yeah, we talk about this a lot, don't we? The uh, balance of training between the physical and the mental, uh, how they are equally important. So there you go. Uh, Sophie, you know what else is important? When listeners get in touch with the podcast and they ask us the questions about um, what is uh, on their mind and how we can help them. So if you do have any questions you want to ask, ladies and gentlemen, guys and gals, get in touch either through our website, twoguysonfitness.com, or through his website, julienbertera.com, or through our social media, which is our Facebook page, our Instagram, or our Twitter. And we love it when you take the time to drop us a line. So there you go, Julian. We come to the end of the potatoes episode of the podcast. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen, I had a bet with Julian that I wouldn't say that when we got to the end, and uh, I just lost. Uh, so we got to <laughs> talk about potatoes for a little bit, but also to talk about uh, diet and training. Julian's back on his feet. The sun is shining. Uh, so it's quite a nice episode of the podcast this month. I think this is the first time we've had an episode of the podcast without a certain amount of distraction because of the whole coronavirus uh, situation. Did you enjoy talking about potatoes there? Well, you won't share my mind about uh, our taste of potatoes, but it was quite nice to hear from the Italian guy. It was indeed. Uh, we don't see enough of that uh, cheeky Italiano, uh, so it's always a pleasure when he does drop by. And we hope you've enjoyed this episode as well, ladies and gentlemen, guys and girls. Remember, if you want to get in touch, do so for all the channels I mentioned earlier. And you can listen to the Two Guys on Fitness podcast on the platform you're listening to here right now, as well as on Spotify, Podomatic iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Pocket Cast. I'm amazed I always remember those uh, every month, but somehow I do. And so we go our separate ways, Julian Berthrat, to enjoy the sunshine. And uh, until next time, we say... Enjoy your workout.